0: Hello, all. Welcome to the Lunar Ceasefire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 465, and today we'll be talking about The Heart of Kings, from Unicorn, Warriors Eternal. I'm GC13. And I'm David. Now, I know that in the past, I've said that Edred was a jerk, but watching this episode, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's just an
1: elf thing. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's definitely an elf thing. Edred is part of the unbroken line. He has this ultimate responsibility to, uh, I don't know, I guess just rule over this realm and keep some magical crystal thing going and we don't see the full backstory, but I mean, he just completely abandoned his people in a way that was disastrous and irredeemable. Yeah, like, incredibly,
0: incredibly selfish of him. It's like, that girl seemed pretty nice i mean she wasn't offended like she was heartbroken when he left
1: her at the altar yeah well unfortunately his betrothed would have not had a great time with him anyway because he seemed pretty uncommitted (laughs) in the first place so
0: i mean i figure if he's part of a line where you must be the king that they have to have some kind of a history of arrangements so to speak definitely Um, it wouldn't be unprecedented
1: it's super unfortunate though i mean the rules of his world suck <laughs> and the uh, you know I, I think i'm so used to our subversive cartoons that we watch that you know they try to hint that something is wrong with the system but there's nothing wrong with the system <laughs> uh or at least nobody questions it it's just that Edred's doing things wrong and luckily he finds a way to make things finally work out for his people at the end of this episode at great personal cost to himself But still, it's funny, you know, there's no getting around that his people suffer and the magic is, you know, in potentially the wrong person's hand unless this unbroken line continues. So, you know, this traditional elfish culture really can't be challenged.
0: Nope, they would have to leave their ancestral home and make a make a new life somewhere else but you know again as as nice as his betrothed seemed to be um you know when she was left at the altar her father however continues the proud elvish tradition of being just a huge jerk i mean like yeah let's let's start a war over uh one guy's actions like l- let's just call it pig-headed and selfish and it's like i'm going to start a war over this so like i think i think Edred wasn't the only
1: pig-headed selfish man there so what 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 is the timeline of this thing? Edred, I mean, th- is it a thousands-year-old thing? Is this a tens or hundreds of thousands? You know, Edred in the next episode, or maybe, yeah, I think just the next episode, will reference his love with Melinda's being older than time, <laughs> which is kind of a bold claim, because the world seems pretty established at, you know, this point.
0: Yeah. You know, I can't say with certainty how long things have been going on, but I figure we're probably in the realm of a thousand years or so.
1: Right, so I guess, like, the fact that this conflict has lasted so long, right, I guess it's not really a a war per se, like, whatever. All of this land is now well used up. I mean, I'm I'm glad that one doe was still alive for the brief time we saw her, poor thing. But, uh, yeah, it's just weird. I, I don't know, I would have expected some other change. You know, you'd think the forest would be devastated and, you know... The elves chose their sides and fought their clan wars, but it's just weird that it's been in this state for millennia
0: well the it that is a magical state it did that because he left like uh like sang said it's as if their souls have left them the trees,
1: so yeah, they've just been chilling here like why why <laughs> do they just everyone has to stay for the crystal? And why is the crystal only now finally slowly having blood transferred to it? Do I have the direction of blood correctly? <laughs> uh, I I don't know what's...
0: Probably he is putting his blood in there. I guess it just took them a long time to find a dark magic user
1: willing to pervert the nature
0: of the heart of the forest.
1: Right, so I guess it just took uh, millennia of generations of elves before... Well, no, but there, these guys are all the elves that were there millennia yeah, ago too. This is the same guy. So you think he wouldn't have gotten around to it sooner? <laughs> oh well. Like I said, that was a that was a
0: pretty powerful necromancer. She looked like she was a peer of Merlin, and uh, Merlin is a pretty singular individual. So I don't think someone like her is that easy to find.
1: No, although you know, people keep saying Merlin's super powerful in this show. Uh, I mean, he seems to have gotten through a lot of scrapes in his time, but his magic is basically uh, visual telekinesis. He can grab things, move them around, kind of animate things. But uh, he, you know, he's going toe to toe with this random necromancer. I mean, I guess she's pretty powerful, and but and I don't know if there's that many of their skill in this world or planet or whatever. Still, though, I it's funny because. Uh, he I don't know. <laughs> he he was really sold to me in uh, the flashback episode as truly all powerful because you know, he has just all these random magic artifacts lying around that can open portals through time and space and that's just beyond, you know, the normal person's imagination even in the the realm of magic, but whatever. I the necromancer was super cool and was why do I think are, are just a million characters in the show voiced by Azula Was she also say she had three voice credits in this episode alone? Yeah, that's funny because she's not the evil. Uh, The Fox Lady was the evil and had the voice, or at least we think she was the evil. The evil is very confusing to track. It's only going to get worse. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've been there. I've seen them. Uh, imagine that watching a show ahead of when we're actually recording it wow. but <laughs> who does that but yeah I, I i don't know so you know merlin's been knocked down a bit you know i i don't know if he's like s tier or s plus tier in this show he is somewhat uh i don't know brought down <laughs> uh, oh well. we'll we'll see what kind of
0: devastation merlin can cause don't you worry you thought melinda was scary
1: right i guess he's holding back a lot of the time Because you do have to be careful not to destroy everything. (laughs) Yeah, Melinda. Yeah. But I love the
0: Necromancer's minions in this one. They looked so goofy, like they were drawn in a completely different art style. Which is like (laughs) a very meta way of making them look
1: like they truly do not belong in this world. It's... Yeah, it's a confusing mix. I mean, I think they match the Necromancer's skull vibes. But it is... Uh, I mean, the face is menacing, but overall it just has a spooky, scary skeleton (laughs) sort of vibe.
0: incredibly cartoony design. Old school. We're talking like Looney Tunes era or, heck, this wouldn't look out of place in something like Popeye.
1: This show has flip-flop between whether it wants the scary things to look scary or, which it did with the Tandem War Elephant, or just goofy which it mostly leans on just goofy the elephant was honestly a, a, a rare instance right you kind of have a middle ground like the kraken but honestly they keep this up too well like again now fresh on my yep. mind is the episodes that i actually just watched and uh they don't always choose to make the scary thing look scary so it's it's a fascinating choice that they've made to say like you know no one hardly cracks a smile this whole episode it's all very serious the necromancer controlling the skull skeleton creatures is a very serious endeavor they're fighting you know for the fate of this land and people and yet they're just so freaking goofy looking so (laughs) you know who's the audience us it's us
0: (laughs) yeah we watched it we must be the audience Oh, this this episode did have so many laugh-out-loud funny things. I loved the horse struggling to carry Copernicus. I loved the, do you require a hug? And then she just nods. <laughs> just, just one little nod. Okay,
1: yeah, so there is a heart-to-heart with Merlin and Melinda, and I'm sure with more time spent with these characters, it would have felt more earned. In the moment, though, I'm thinking Merlin is trying to you know, redeem himself in his daughter's eyes and and ask for forgiveness, sort of, not really, barely, or at least recognize that, you know, something was awry. But it's just like there's been so little time. I mean, we just saw what happened in the past, but we, we didn't know that, we had maybe the tiniest inkling that Melinda would have blamed herself for her mother being overtaken by the evil. But... Merlin apparently explicitly blamed her <laughs> all this time. Yeah, you you would figure
0: the whole, you were just a child.
1: How dare you view my memories?
0: That, that pretty
1: much sold how Melinda blamed herself for that. Yes. So the fact that we now learn Merlin also does. <laughs> and yep. that's been weighing on her the whole time. But now he's in a situation where he realizes instantly that, well, we discussed that last time, I guess.
0: Let's let's be fair to
1: Emma. <laughs> like, her father, like Merlin, he's very tender on the
0: inside, but puts off this gruff, stoic exterior to keep up appearances. So, uh, Emma knows a thing or two about manipulating a guy who feels like
1: that. It's just funny because, I guess, kind of like how Merlin, well, maybe he's all-powerful, maybe he's not always all-powerful, maybe he's holding back, but it, I guess it makes sense as a man of of magic but also reason that he could be reasoned with so easily because that's that's what happens here he's basically guided through hey maybe it's not your daughter's fault and he's like huh i never thought about it that way great (laughs) unfortunately that doesn't work with most people in our lives to just be reasoned with (laughs) so quickly
0: yeah of all the of all the sins of how much they had to, how much development they had to cut to fit this into ten episodes. I think we can forgive this one a
1: little more readily because the characters just lend themselves to it. So, like I said, I'll I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, definitely for Merlin, it makes sense. Uh, also, hey, they did have a little bit of fun with that jail scene because, which, uh, <laughs> sang just <thinking>. is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, sang just casually floating through the walls and. everyone seemingly except him is baffled that he's managed to escape and not actually is minding anything other than the water that he's thirsty for sure why not saying but uh, they did mention that flashback and i had forgotten that
0: they specifically mentioned this flashback merlin remembers emma so she was there melinda must have forgotten a lot about those events to, uh, have not had an immediate hostile reaction to Emma.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Then again, to be fair, I don't know how much of her own memories, uh, Melinda ever retained, so maybe that does make perfect sense. I mean, she blushed when she remembered kissing Edred in the past, uh, and it was a big deal. It's like, "Huh, you did remember something!
1: It really is as if Melinda is a, a completely discreet new version of herself, so, yeah. It It's interesting that the Emma stuff is visible, though. Like, I don't know how that magically is manifesting. Or maybe Merlin can just see people's inner worlds and their projections of it. <laughs> Who knows? Well,
0: yeah, he was able to see Emma before, so I, I guess it would make sense that he could see her magical reflection there. So yeah, elves, all enormous jerks. I have no idea why you're warring with each other. I have no idea... Why your uh, immediate response is, oh, your son decided to break
1: his arranged marriage? Well, then it's war. (laughs) There's one sensible guy in the woods, though, which is uh, the creator of the sword, who (laughs) I (laughs) guess just has been walking around annoyed for a very long time and finally gets to bump into Edred again and (laughs) tell him. What the heck? You didn't use your sword correctly, you didn't fulfill your duty. Uh, yeah, you can keep the little dingy medal, but I'm taking back the magic.
0: No, he wasn't even gonna let him keep the medal. I mean, it <laughs> took every ounce of reasoning Edred had just to keep that. He had to threaten to send Gobi back to live with his
1: parents for crying out loud. At his age? Brutal. <laughs> uh, also, Edred, I mean, he's a perfectly fine warrior. But clearly the sword with the magic is doing, oh ninety 90% of the work. Yeah,
0: but he he can still handle other elves quite well. It's only when you put him up against the, um like, world-tier threats that he needs right. the sword
1: to handle them. It's quite an effective sword, so I guess it's nice that he's... But yeah, he would it.
0: easily be a street-level superhero, just with an ordinary <laughs> um, array of weaponry, like... He and Spider-Man could uh, do teams. Yeah. (laughs) I I did love the the design on the elven warriors. They have those face masks. They're intimidating. I know it's kind of impressive. They're busting out cannons. Uh, Usually when you have fiction where they have the medieval style weapons, they're not going to break out the cannons, but they're showing that these guys are pretty well advanced into the middle ages of technology, so they have gunpowder weaponry as well. Right, they somewhat
1: evolved with the world around them. I mean, they might have always had it, who knows? There's also, yeah, I they have a lot of compact lore and world building uh, in this episode. I mean, one, I liked that the jail had runes that held back magic, you know, elves have to deal with all these other annoying magical people <laughs> we will see in the next episode but at least here maybe there's some hint that they have disdain for magic users you know whether it be witches or wizards this is <laughs> the kind of folk that they're throwing into their dungeons
0: yeah it is hard to tell from this episode if they're just mad at melinda for stealing their prince
1: or if it would be bad that she was a magic user anyway mm-hmm there's also this I don't know. I, lots of things probably have this, but I, you know, I'm I'm young. I learned about this trope from Avatar, the Blue People franchise. And uh, so, you know, this elf culture also has ancient trees that are holding their people as they eventually choose to pass away and, uh, you know, consume their bodies. That's fun. <laughs> That's a, you know, you really get this scale of, Man, they have such a long-term civilization, which is, you know, a feature, whatever, of elvish communities across fictional media. But, uh, I don't know, the visual of the trees and seeing the various states of decay or growth or embedding, however you want to think about it, of the leaders of the past was a was a powerful image. So, And they yeah. Yeah, that didn't look so cartoony and cutesy, <laughs> being zoomed in on uh, the tree guy. It felt serious. Oh no, that is
0: very uncutesy. But you talked about that—that that poor, poor deer, the its brief moment of life. I, I feel like in any other cartoon, that deer would have turned out to have like a horrific, just some terrifying monster once it opened its jaw, like a, like a giraffe from the Owl House or something.
1: Right, <laughs> because it's so cutesy, you expect it to be. uh you know, flipped on its head, but... Especially since it's in a dead forest.
0: Like, what could be surviving in this desolate wasteland?
1: Yes. But no, they just wanted to make us feel bad. Ha 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 Seeing a beautiful... One of the probably last beautiful specimens of this forest be killed. So casually. Yep, they have these elvish
0: hunters running around. They're hungry, but things are pretty dicey because those soldiers are just a horn's
1: call away. No kidding. Do these guys even need to eat much, though? Is that a thing. When you live forever, you still gotta eat. Well, at no point did they
0: ever express having an ounce of hunger. Uh, They might have just been killing that deer
1: for crossing into their territory, for all I know. I guess if you, uh, if you have teeth, though, you you have to eat, right? Do I believe that in media? (laughs) Did elves evolve? I don't know. But if they have teeth, uh, I don't know, you don't... I guess you use them for speaking. Maybe, maybe that's why they would have them. I mean, <laughs> it's
0: so they can flash pleasant smiles. Of course. So this ending <laughs> was ah, the ending. Yes, that
1: a lot. That that, that
0: has apparently confused a couple people. Or for me, it's like, uh, or what, are they faking it? Or and then as soon as they do the the body switch, I'm like, oh, oh, I see what's going on here.
1: Right. So Edred gets out of his duty because. Uh, well, Elwulf will do his duty instead. Yeah, he he gets his brother to do a a, well, not really a, it's a body swap because we still have an Edred's old body. So his brother's spirit goes into Edred's old body. That's convenient. <laughs> but why was Edred's body lying around? Like he, when he abandoned his duty, did Copernicus take his soul and immediately put it in someone else's? Are you talking about? Elwulf's body lying, uh, limp, or when Edred pretended to
0: have his soul sucked out?
1: Uh, maybe I need a refresher on the scene again. I'm like, wasn't there a point where I was seeing a glass vial containing somebody's body? <laughs> what what was that? Oh, the the case. That was his
0: original body. Um, when his, his soul left his body for the first time to be collected by Copernicus, mm-hmm. the elves retrieved his body and they kept it. So that was, that was Edred's original body. Not Dimitri Dynamo,
1: but himself. Right. But where was that body lying around? (laughs) Like in a grave? Did someone dig it up? I don't understand. Like what, I guess we don't understand how... Yeah,
0: his soul left his body upon defeating that evil for the first time. Okay. And I guess Copernicus was able to leave. But the elves found Merlin there and were able to
1: somehow overpower him. And okay. uh,
0: they've been keeping him in the pokey ever
1: since. Right, because, I mean, Melinda's original body... You'd think Melinda also... It's funny that she gets reincarnated because it's the daughter of Merlin, a guy who seems to be pretty old, although maybe he's just jumping around in time, which is why he's here now. Like, maybe he's not he's as old as... He's sat there for a thousand years, so okay yeah so we don't <laughs> i don't understand why melinda uh, i mean maybe his wife like tainted the magic blood a little bit but she i mean she seems pretty powerful too so it's surprising she's reincarnating this other guy who also has an eternal body is also reincarnating and then there's Sang, saying who i i don't know maybe he's the most immortal of them it's just funny that in this team two out of three of them are already should be immortal <laughs> so why are they being reincarnated it's uh Maybe it's a conflict I'm supposed to be thinking about and wondering about? Mm, I don't know. Maybe it's to keep them from living real lives.
0: Like, I do not see any sort of, like, again, like you said, Edred is very, very immortal. So unless, I I don't see why you can't just have him do kingly things and then every couple hundred years he rides off on a quest to destroy the evil or maybe sends a brave elven warrior off in his stead. Like, this could just be the oath that the elves keep. Like, he did not need to abandon his oath to Unicorn and to his people. He could have done both. Yeah. so he wants to be with Melinda,
1: so. Like, what factors was Merlin protecting against besides the fact that he's just a weird jerk? Maybe, you know, if he was worried about mortal wounds, that's cool, but... We haven't heard a story yet of any of the Unicorn Warriors, you know, losing one of the bodies, right? It seems like they yeah. have always successfully defeated the evil, left their hosts, and their hosts got to live perfectly fine lives. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Merlin!
0: <laughs> I think this whole order is a little overblown. hmm And like I said, Edred is not even attempting to... Well, I can be... Ca- like, kings go off and fight wars all the time! That's why people keep them as their kings. Yeah, like, if these guys weren't really good at killing people, uh, you wouldn't call them king. Duh. It's like, I'm playing Crusader Kings 2, and people are like, how come my king always leads his troops by default? Why would the king be
1: anywhere near the battle? And it's like, oh, good grief. (laughs) Apparently Merlin doesn't understand it, though, so... I don't know. I I guess I don't anticipate too much more lore around, you know, this decision-making, but it's one of those things where this... idea has was in development for decades right the idea of this show and these characters so i have to believe that there's some purposeful irony in the unicorn warrior's eternal literally being eternal but also <laughs> not they're extra eternal yeah they'll, they'll talk about it a little bit more in the next episode but not much
0: if you want to be fighting
1: this war for 50,000 years then yeah all of a sudden this makes sense Especially if it's boring. It's like, yeah, put me to sleep when I'm not doing the fights. Okay, sure. Also, it's funny because the robot is eternal too. (laughs) And
0: he's a warrior. And he has a unicorn on his belt buckle. So to speak. It's on the nose for sure. (laughs) Anyway, guys, that's been us on The Heart of Kings. Join us next week. Until then,
1: I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review everywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody.
0: Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.